Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey there, and welcome back to the Schools of Excellence podcast. So happy you're here to join us as we continue our series in the Pyramid of Excellence. And so today's episode is all about the first stage in the pyramid, survival. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode where I introduced the Pyramid of Excellence, definitely go back and listen so you have context into a little bit more about what I'm talking about today. So the survival stage is really characterized by a lack of structure, organization, and processes. And so in today's conversation, I'm digging deep into the survival stage. I want to help you understand the strategies, the foundation, how to develop the clear vision, overcoming the self-doubt, the uncertainty, the ambiguity, and also I'm addressing a lot of some of the common questions that are happening in this season, in this stage of growth inside of your center. So there's a lot of questions that arise, like I spoke about in the previous episode. And so let's talk about what to really work on when you're in the survival stage. Well, actually, before we talk about what to actually work on, let's talk about what gets you into survival. What gets you into survival is your initial starting of the center. So you just started your center, your center's in survival, because you're answering all of these questions, which are, where do I find quality teachers? Where do I find clients, prospects into paying clients? Where do I market to my ideal parents? Who are my ideal parents? How do I fill this place to capacity? How do I cover payroll? How do I cover my overhead? Right? You're answering all those questions. Another time you'll find yourself in survival is when you acquire another location or you purchase another location or you even open another classroom. So opening another classroom can temporarily put a school into survival or put a specific department into survival. So this gets a little bit more on the complexities of this. And and when you're more of a seasoned Schools of Excellence member and you've worked through the cycle many times, 
you actually start to be able to compartmentalize this department is in survival or this particular center is in survival or these three classrooms are in survival or these three admin people are in survival or whatever it is, right? It's easier to compartmentalize. But in the beginning, when you're just getting started, you're really looking at the overall school. This center is in survival. This school is in survival. What can bring you back into survival is a transition, right? So opening up another location can all of a sudden have the chips falling in a bunch of different directions or your house of cards wasn't built very strong and now the whole house of cards come flying down. So that's another time that you might find yourself in survival. Another time you'll find yourself in survival is in a transition of acquisition or merging. So when you're purchasing another location, you're acquiring another location, or you're merging two schools together, which happens a lot, you'll have, this happens a lot in the post-pandemic era where people had, let's say, two buildings and they, you know, consolidated into one. Any type of transition like that where you're restructuring the way things are happening brings you back into survival. Another thing that will bring you back into survival is a restructuring of the org chart. So again, the reason I'm giving all these examples is for you to understand that being in survival is not a bad thing. It is not a label on who you are as a leader or the fact that, oh gosh, I'm in survival and I'm not in legacy or whatever it is. That's not what this is about. It's about really having a high level of radical self-awareness to understand where your company is and what you need to work on in that specific stage of growth. So another thing that will bring you into survival is a crisis. So especially a crisis in your own life or a crisis in a core team member on the team. So let's say, for example, you have a team member, let's say your regional director who's responsible for multiple directors and she's going through a difficult legal battle or she's struggling with divorce or she's having a really hard time in her relationship or she lost a child or she's in bereavement right now from one of her parents or a sibling or whatever it is. That crisis in their life can really bring a center in a company into survival. And the reason for that is, is because the operations and the mindset and the strategy and skill that that core team member brings now that they can no longer bring that A game for whatever time period because of the crisis in their life the company is thrown back into survival. And so that's again, where you're looking at, okay, do we have the right foundational thing in place? Like where are our systems? Where are the processes, right? This is when everyone starts scrambling for those things, which is why in survival, right? In the foundation section, you're building some of these core foundations because you're always going to have cycles that you're going to come back into survival. There's no coming out of survival and then you never come back into it. That's not the way that it works. That is a very poor mindset to think that the moment you come out of survival, you're never coming back in. Beautiful things can bring you back into survival mode. Like having a baby throws your entire family back into survival mode. Having a baby is a beautiful blessing. It's a beautiful time in life. And it also brings the entire family back into survival mode because all of the infrastructure, all of the systems, all of the processes, all the communication, all the boundaries, all the things that the family has been operating from until now all go out the window in the first couple months of the baby's life because now it's just about baby survival, mama's health, and rebalancing the family's org chart. So it's not a bad thing when you're in survival, a beautiful thing could have provoked survival or a tragedy could provoke survival as well. But when we look at survival in the context of it's either good or bad, we miss out on powerful learning and system building opportunities that happen in survival. Okay.
Another thing that could promote survival besides that can lead into survival, besides with a crisis of a personal team member or yourself, is outside forces. So government, mother nature, right? There's a huge snowstorm that locks the city out for a week and a half or whatever it is. The company goes back into a temporary survival state because the regular operating procedures were halted for a certain period of time. And it wasn't a planned closure. It was a, there's an ice storm, we're shutting the place down for a week and a half. COVID was a perfect example of a crisis outside of our control that threw all childcare centers into survival. Government legislation changes in that can throw a company back into survival. And again, so many of those things are out of your control. So the point that I really want to hammer home here is looking at if you're in survival with a very neutralized approach, not this, oh my gosh, I'm in survival, but more of, okay, this is where I am. Factual. These are the facts. This is the hard data. What do I need to do to move myself out of survival? So that's a perspective I want you to look from. So in schools of excellence, in our directors, in our circle, in our owners HQ program, we have very specific steps and journey that we take our clients on to pull them out of survival. So I want to share some of some of them with you here today. And if what I'm sharing is resonating with you and you want this, then I would love to invite you to apply to our membership and see if it's a good fit for you. So one of the first things we work on in the survival stage is creating a calendar that works for you in the stage that you're in, in the season of life that you're in, right? So this is really foundation slash survival where we're understanding, okay, how many hours a week do you currently work? How many hours a week do you want to be working? What is taking up your time, energy, bandwidth, capacity? What is your current churn rate? What is your retention rate? What is your current org chart work look like? What do you want your org chart to look like? All the things, right? How much do you get paid now? How much do you want to get paid? What do you currently pay your high-level team members? What do you want to pay your high-level team members? All of those things we look at, and then we start to build the systems in place to reach the goals that you want to be reaching. So if you're working a 40-hour work week and you want to be working 25 hours a week, well, then how do we need to start setting up your current week so that we can understand where your time is going? And then we could create the right infrastructure and say, okay, well, if you want to work 25 hours a week, then you need to hire one office, part-time office assistant and one executive director to take on these things. But that's not the answer for every person, right? Because someone else might say, yeah, I'm working 40 hours a week. I only want to be working 25 hours a week, but these four things, I don't want to take off my plate. I really like those things. Okay. Well then in that case, you only need to hire a full-time office assistant and you're good to go. So these are the things that we understand in the survival stage, because You cannot come out of survival unless you have the right reinforcements in place. And reinforcements are not just systems. It's software, it's processes, it's SOPs, and most importantly, it's people. It's understanding who you need to hire to create that infrastructure inside of your organization. The next thing that we work on to pull you out of survival is level one of your retention system. So I recently did several weeks ago, you can go back, it's episode 125 through 130 on the podcast, the multi-layers of building a culture of retention. And just real quickly, the five layers of building a culture of retention are culture of community and belonging, culture of work-life harmony, culture of contribution, 
and there's, you know, a, a couple of other layers. So the first thing that we work on in survival is culture of community and belonging. You need to create your system around understanding how do I create community inside of this school? How do I help people belong here? How do I help people feel safe here? What are the strategies? What are the steps to get there? So many times people start designing culture of promotion, which is the fifth layer of building a culture of retention when they're in survival. And I'm like, you can't design a promotional strategy or a career lattice when you're in survival. That's not the right thing to focus on. So that's the next thing that we work on inside of the survival stage. Then we work on something called compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue is a type of burnout that occurs when people are frequently exposed to the pain and suffering of others and they become emotionally exhausted and overwhelmed. This is where many leaders feel physical and emotional exhaustion, feelings of hopelessness, irritability, and a lot of difficulty concentrating. And so what we work on in this phase with our leaders is helping them understand how to engage in the right types of self-care and activities and the right types of boundaries, both physical boundaries, time boundaries, emotional boundaries, and financial boundaries that they need to create inside of their organization to pull themselves out of survival. The reason I'm taking the time to dig into this is because I don't see anyone else talking about this. There is so much information on tips and tricks and all these great ideas, quote unquote, but we're not talking about the high level work that really needs to happen and the deep work of the owner and of the CEO to really create this, to really understand how to come out of survival and also how to gracefully pull out of it the next time you're in survival. It was really interesting, actually. I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine who's struggling with and one of the things we were talking about is how ill-equipped we are as a society to navigate grief and loss. And what she was saying is she's like, grief and loss is part of the human experience. No one lives forever. We don't stay in the same jobs forever. There's all different kinds of friendships that get absolved, relationships that no longer make sense anymore. There's all these different types of grief and loss but we have very little preparation for it. And when it hits us, it's like, oh my God, like there's so much shock that we really don't understand the mindset, the strategy, the tools, the nervous system regulation to navigate this type of grief and loss. And the reason I'm bringing that up here is because training for understanding how to navigate a season of survival is really important. And it's also important to understand how to navigate a season of prosperity. I have so many clients that come into our program in their season of survival. And when they get to their season of prosperity, they actually don't know how to live in that. And they subconsciously sabotage it and go back into their season of survival because it's familiar, because they know how to deal with survival. They know how to deal with chaos. They know how to solve problems. They don't know how to sit in prosperity and abundance, which we'll talk about when I talk about the legacy, when I do the podcast on what to focus on in legacy. So we really have to understand our self-care, our boundaries, and self-care that we teach is not manicures and bubble baths. Self-care is how do you take a breath after a difficult conversation? How do you structure your mornings and your afternoons and your evenings to maintain your high level of energy, and your mental acuity 
to be there for other people other than the business. Because if you want to create a sustainable business, you have to be able to distribute your time, patience, energy, intelligence to multiple domains in your life. And creating a calendar that supports that is a super high level of self-care. And depending on where you are in the pendulum, right? Some people need self-care when it comes to emotional boundaries, how to recover, how to celebrate big wins, not just jumping straight to the next big win. All of these things are skills that we need to understand how to master when you are in survival. The next thing that we work on in survival is understanding the implementation of the daily huddle. So one of the things we teach inside of schools of excellence is our communication system. There are multiple layers to the communication system uh, because how we communicate is pretty much everything. But one of the first things we teach is the daily huddle. And this is where one of the biggest wins come for from our clients. The daily huddle is a brief stand-up meeting that allows team members to quickly check in with one another, share updates, and identify issues and concerns that need to be addressed. This really improves accountability and promotes teamwork and collaboration. And so one of our clients that we were working with in the first 30 days of joining the program, she was able to eliminate hours of back and forth text exchanges because of the daily huddle. So in onboarding, one of the things that we assess for is how much time are you spending on unnecessary distraction or unnecessary communication? Um, because my goal in working with you is to help you optimize your greatest asset, which is your time. And so when we brought in uh, Nikki, and again, all the names that I share and all the details, like we change names, I change identifying details, but their stories are real. These are real stories. We have a whole client success story uh, series. You can always check out on the podcast, listen to people's real stories as well. But when I share stories of clients, I changed some of those details and I changed some of their names because I just want to protect their privacy. And many of them go out and open and share their stories as well. So we'll work with a client who I'll call Nikki. And 30 days into the program, she realized a huge light bulb moment. She, one of the first things we do is we track our time. And so when she tracked her time, she realized that she was spending four hours a week in back and forth text exchanges or Slack messages or Voxer messages, WhatsApp messages, all these different types of messages back and forth with her leadership team. She had four people on her leadership team and she had documented that she was spending four hours of back and forth communication on a weekly basis. That's a lot of time on communication. And when she implemented the daily huddle, which is every single day, 15 minutes. So 15 minutes, five days a week is an hour and 15 minutes. I think I did the math there correctly. So that's one hour, even an hour and a half, let's say 90 minutes a week, as opposed to four hours is a huge difference because what happened was by conducting the daily standup, everyone knew their priorities. Everyone knew the focus. Everyone got their answers to any of the questions that they had on their priority list for the day. And boom, everyone goes and executes. The other thing that we teach inside of survival is something called the end of day optimizer, which is how to close your day. How to start your day is critical. Closing your day is just as important. How do you close your day? How do you teach your admin team how to close their day? All of these things are systems that we teach inside of the program on how to help you navigate your season of survival and also how to get out of it. So some of the other things we teach, some of the other systems 
that we teach inside of survival are organizing your inbox called tame your inbox which is having an organized inbox system to reduce stress and improve productivity so many leaders are slaves to their inbox. They're answering emails at all hours of the day. They're responding to emails. There's no boundaries. They're responding to emails at middle of the night or first thing in the morning. And there's really no coherent system on how to legislate what you actually respond to right away, what you don't respond to. It's just, it's a mess. Multiple people are using the same inbox. There's all different kinds of emails. All of these things are uncovered in this level in this stage of the journey, because this is where the time suck is, guys. Like, this is where it's at. It's not from running your huddle or having a one-on-one with a teacher, which so many leaders tell me they don't have time for. You do have time for it. You're doing unnecessary garbage with your time. We help you create and maintain an organized inbox that is required for ongoing communication with families and really making sure that you're optimizing your efficiency with your inbox. Some of the final things that we work on in survival is the understanding of building your confidence and learning how to trust your decision-making, learning how to trust your discernment. Because what I really believe inside of Schools of Excellence is we can give you all the training, all the tools, but My goal is not to constantly feed you all the training and the tools. My goal is to teach you how to think, not what to think. I want to teach you how to ask the right questions for yourself. I want to teach you how to coach yourself and think for yourself and up-level what it is that you're looking for. And part of that starts with learning how to build your confidence muscle and build your discernment muscle, which is your ability to trust your own wise counsel. And knowing when to lead her up and ask for wise counsel and reach out for support and be vulnerable enough to say, I don't know the answer to that question. And that is a skill. And we start flexing that skill. We start building that muscle inside of survival. And you're really working on that all the way through legacy and beyond. Because learning your discerning muscle is a gift. It is such a gift to have discernment. And you don't just get it handed to you. You have to earn it. Confidence is earned. Discernment is earned. Wise counsel is earned. It is not something that I can hand to you. It is not a blueprint that I can give to you. It is not a training module that I can show you. What we do inside of the membership is through the training, through the coaching calls, through the back and forth dialogue, through the group calls, through connection with other members in the community, And through taking action, failing forward, coming back, asking for feedback, that is how you build these very, very powerful leadership skills. So let's talk about, summarize here, some of the core systems that you build in the survival stage. You're working on building your hiring system, your onboarding system, your daily communication system, your first layer of your retention system, your substitute system so that you know how to bring people in and out, and you're working on really identifying your one-on-one system and your self-care processes. Lots of things that we're working on in survival. Most of our clients are in survival between anywhere between three to four months. If, again, there's no other, you know, outside factors that come in, that's kind of a baseline. Um, And then they start working to get into the uh, disordered phase. So what I would love to invite you for is... If you're listening to this and you're identifying 
with being in the survival stage, or you have a particular director who's in the survival stage, or you have one center that's in the survival stage, I would love to invite you to apply to our Directors Inner Circle or our Owners HQ program. Our link is in the show notes. And the reason there's an application process is because we don't accept everyone. There is not everyone is a right fit. We're very particular about you being in the right season, the right mindset, the right place in order to take your school to the next level. Our community is a combination of receiving and giving. So we give to you a lot, um, you're receiving a lot, and then you're also giving to other members of the community and also receiving from other members of the community. And so we're, we just have a pretty rigorous application process. And I will have a conversation with you and we'll be able to determine together if this is a right fit. So definitely click the link in the show notes and check it out. And I hope you join us next week where I'll be talking about the disordered phase inside of the Pyramid of Excellence. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.